My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 198, also the last episode of 2022 of Legally Clueless. Thank you so much for rocking with this podcast the entire year. I am so, so, so happy to have you as part of the fam. And it's been, it's been a year and a half. <laughs> it has been, hey, 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 hey. I didn't even think I was going to make it to the end of the year, like, in every sense, in every sense, I really didn't think I was. There was a point I was like, this is the worst year ever. But right now, I'm like, it's not been a bad year at all. It's been a necessary year. And it's been beautiful. Anyway, so if you're new to what we do for the final episode of the year, we have the 2022 episode and I share 12 lessons that I've learned in the year. I might share 13. I have a bonus lesson that I'm trying to think if I should share it or not. So we'll see how the episode goes. But first I want to share about Christmas because I have been dreading Christmas this year. It's a different type of Christmas for me. It's a Christmas where I'm really acknowledging my mom's death 10 years later. I've done a lot of healing work in that area. It's my first Christmas in my new house, in my new town. <laughs> and I was just like so scared because it's been a year of putting up different boundaries, which meant it was a Christmas with fewer people around me. But you know what? I think I've had one of the best Christmases ever. So first on Christmas Eve, I spent, oh no, day before Christmas Eve, I just spent the day baking a lot, which is something that I love doing and cooking and like marinating my chicken. I've really started liking cooking, which is just, I don't even know, a random plot twist in my life. <laughs> baking, I've always loved but cooking, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but I was there like, hey, chicken marinated in like tamarind sauce. And I've found places where I can buy spices, fresh spices. And, you know, where I live, it's very farmy. So a lot of the veggies I get are super fresh. And I'd recently just come back from a trip out of town. I'd gone to see a farm where I'm about to start beekeeping. So that's my Christmas gift to myself. So I'd gone to see the farm. And on the way back, I bought tons of vegetables, even a pumpkin. And so I made pumpkin soup on the day before Christmas Eve. I bought trees on my way back. So I have before on the property, I had planted an additional avocado tree. So we have three avocado trees in total, two super old and flowering. One is my newbie. And I'd also planted an orange tree. But on my trip back from the farm, I bought two papaya trees, two avocado trees and one apple mango tree. So yeah, it's just been, it's been a couple of days of, you know, the fresh veggies coming back from the farm. Starting that project has been just something that I've always wanted to do for a while and that I'm doing it alone is so validating for myself. So I was already in like a good mood. And yeah, and I just, I've just had such a good Christmas. <laughs> such a good, I'm still on a high as I'm recording this. I'm still on a high. Such a good Christmas and just like real raw joy. I feel so lucky to have seen this Christmas because I know how close I came to not seeing the end of this year. So I'm just like, oh, what an honor. 
I don't know if that makes sense. I, I'm just feeling so much gratitude. Just so much. I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. So I'm going to sing. Anyway, so I really hope you had a, a, a Christmas that was just, and not just a Christmas, honestly, because the more I get in touch with my African spirituality, the more I know that these two last weeks of the year are not about, I don't identify as Christian, so they're not about the Christian beliefs around Christmas for me. The last two weeks are one and the same for me. It's the crossover into the new year. It's the ending of one cycle, the beginning of another. It's the pausing and being, you know, grateful for the past and grateful that you are able to see this moment. And so I really do wish not just Christmas Day, I wish that these last two weeks this crossover into the new year for you are really like just full of love. And even if you're not experiencing love that is coming from an external source, there's always love from within. So many times we run into love that's from an external source when the one from within is so powerful. I think that's really been why I've just had such a beautiful Christmas going into New Year's and it's... ah. Uh, yeah, I, I really wish the same for you. And and if holidays are strange for you because maybe you've lost loved ones and it's weird to go through this process without them, I'm really just sending you a lot of grace and a lot of love. And from my story and where I've come from and where I am today, I hope that inspires you to know that one day the, the universe has a very weird way of insisting that you heal. And healing is not synonymous with forgetting. Sometimes we get those two mixed up when it comes to grief. But there, there will be a day where you will experience joy during the holidays. You won't experience guilt and you will remember the people you've lost fondly at least for me even today I went to and I'm recording this on Christmas day I went to my ancestral altar that has my mom's picture it has my late uncle's picture and I just felt so at peace you know I didn't feel guilt or like pain or like sadness I just I don't know something's different about this this crossover period for me and I am so thankful I got to see it Okay, so let's jump into the lessons. I'm not going to do the song of the week because it might end up being a very long episode and I don't want it to be too long for you. So this has been a year of transition for me. It has been a year of a lot of changes, a lot of self-work. I have two therapists now. <laughs> it's just been a year of me confronting a lot of my weaknesses, gassing myself up about my strengths. It's been a year of a lot of solitude and, and just a year that in, sometimes in very painful ways, I have been forced to come home to myself. In the moment when that was happening, it felt very uncomfortable. Like I think March, way worst month of my life. Well, not of my life, but you know, I'm being dramatic. <laughs> but now in hindsight, I can see why certain things were necessary to happen. And I'm, I'm thankful they happened the way they did. I'm not saying my life is perfect right now, but I'm in a position where if certain things happen, I'm not going to feel rattled. I feel very rooted in peace and stability. And so I've experienced a lot of things that have reminded me of previous lessons that I forgot about. And some things have taught me new lessons. The first one being trust your intuition. <laughs> we live in a very noisy world and there's noise from all quarters, from work, from family, from friendships, from relationships. Internally, your self-doubt is noise. And I think the way life is structured now, it means before we make a decision, we have noise coming in from 
all sorts of areas. But the solitude I've been intentional about creating has meant that without the noise, I always know what I need or what I want to do. The way we've structured this life in this living situation of ours currently, we don't have to rely on intuition a lot or there's a lot of noise so we don't tap into that but it is there you know there's always this little voice inside you guiding you and i've been reminded this year to just trust it that is lesson number one number two you've got to be very intentional about who you tell your dreams ideas or goals to i kind of knew this lesson before but i had forgotten and then this year i have been reminded don't ever forget that there are so many people who are drenched in fear and if you tell them your dreams your ideas or your goals they will project that fear to you they will fuel your self-doubt as if it needs any more fuel you may even end up abandoning that idea or dream and that would be just so terrible that's one but also remember that even the people close to you if you tell them your dreams ideas or goals and what you're telling them is so different from what you're shared dreams or goals were they could start feeling a bit threatened by these new goals that you have you know they're only human i'm not saying the people around you are terrible they're human so they will have a human response of fear or of not wanting your individual goal to work not because they want bad on you but because they're scared of losing that shared goal you have you know so you just need to be very careful about the people you share your dreams with your goals you know, seek people who have the expertise needed to add value to that dream or idea. But most importantly, I think it's important to surround yourself with people who are so rooted in their journey that your ideas and your goals could never shake them. Look for people who have an abundant mindset because they will understand that there's enough dreams or goals for everybody and that individuals can seek their higher self they're not trying to tie you to them that is number two on to number three still in that abundant mindset this was a, a lesson i learned this year for sure i used to be so consumed with the fear of not having that when i would begin creating let's say for my business a program or maybe i have a an idea on the content the the series you know under legally clueless or business plan i would be starting from the fear of not having enough and not having enough in terms of like finances and i would always say like you know i don't have beyonce budget even just skills wise i would be like oh i don't i didn't study business i didn't do this i didn't do that and so i would already be creating from a discounted or disadvantaged foundation. And what would happen is I would end up self-sabotaging the idea. But now I create from abundance. I know that whatever I'm creating, I have everything I need to make it in that moment. And when I carry that mindset, I'm able to, if I lack a certain skill, look for a partner who has that skill. I don't create from a scarcity mentality because then that limits how far what I'm creating can grow towards. And I've just seen it being so wonderful, even just with my personal finances, even just with like my business ideas. I am now 
venturing into diverse businesses because why not? I can create. Everything I need to create this thing is rooted in abundance. And and that has just been so mind, like life-changing for me because when I carry that mindset, you know, it's so important because everything begins in the mind and you tell your mind what to think. So if you tell your mind, I don't have enough to create this thing, guess what? It's inevitably going to stop you from creating that thing. But if you tell your mind, we're creating from abundance, right now we have everything we need to create this thing. Your mind starts warming up to that idea. That that one I learned this year. On to number four. Oh, this one I learned this year. I have learned the importance of a spiritual routine. Hey, again, this world is very noisy and you can lose yourself in it. Where you can lose yourself in the routine of wake up, go to work, sit in traffic, come back home, have dinner, go to bed. And before you know it, it's a weekend. And the weekend, your tune is like either sleep, clean, go out and drink, go out and meet your friends, do some family stuff. You can lose yourself, your true self in these routines. And you can think you're doing the right thing. You can think you are progressing even. But you're losing yourself in a worldly view. You could be getting certain worldly rewards. So more money from work, etc. But you'll find that you don't really feel fulfilled. And so I found this here, if you want to stay grounded, you have to Have out time for you to be still and reconnect with your yourself and your higher self. What has helped me do that is a spiritual routine. It could be meditation. It could be, I don't know, prayer. You know, it depends on what your belief system is. But for me, it's a mix of speaking to my ancestors at my ancestral altar and meditating. Yeah, so you curve out an actual space and then find what a spiritual routine would look like for you. Because that really helps me. I feel so grounded and so calm whenever I do. And then that energy, that calmness and, and, and the groundedness sips into everything I do that day. The fifth lesson is boundaries. Oh my goodness. If you have not listened to the boundaries episode, I suggest you do. This has been one of the important things I have learned and enforced in my life. And I have to credit one of my therapists for this. She really held my hand through the creation of boundaries, the upholding of boundaries. Because then I learned through therapy this year that because of the nature of my career, so my background is being a radio presenter for 10 years in in Kenya. And because of the nature of that career, I had great boundaries with the public. And you're taught how to do that. When you get in the industry, you're taught how to like segment your life so that you're still connecting with people, but you still are keeping a healthy boundary. But I had no boundaries with friends and family. And because of this, I was just running on empty and I didn't even realize it. And I did not have enough to pour into myself. I was thoroughly enmeshed with some of my friends and family members. And so I was making decisions about my life, not based on if it pleased me, but it was if it pleased them. And it's very important to have boundaries and there are different types. If you haven't listened to the boundaries episode, please do because I go through the different types and I share some resources that I found. But having boundaries has even helped me understand myself because I have more time to think about the areas in my life I need to work on. I have more time to 
figure out my identity, who am I, you know, when I step away from everybody. I've been able to understand I'm so dope. <laughs> and like, I, I deserve dope things and good good relationships. It's, it's enabled me to walk away from relationships that don't serve me. So it's just having healthy boundaries is a gateway to all good things in your life. It can be hell when you start creating them. I know I felt a lot of guilt. You just have to stick to it. You know, it helps to have a therapist, which I know is a privilege for me to have. But even with the resources I shared in the boundaries episode, you can start thinking about that even if you don't have access to a therapist. So where, in fact, I should have put boundaries as lesson number one. (laughs) All right, lesson number six. Oh, I love this one. I learned this this year, that it's okay to walk away from spaces and people who do not love you the way you want to be loved. Eh, so important. This one is so important. I used to hang on to people because I was scared of being alone. And to some extent, I also didn't think I deserved the love that I wanted. So for example, even when I think about like friendships, in my head, I knew the type of friendships I wanted down to like the activities that we would do. But I just kind of settled because, I don't know, to some extent... I didn't think I deserved it. So I take whatever I get. I also think I was scared of being alone. And this is not to say that the friends who didn't love me the way I wanted to be loved were bad. No, first, I didn't communicate how I wanted to be loved. Let's just start there. And they're not mind readers. But two, they were communicating love in their language, you know? And so I've just realized that there are specific ways I want to be loved. And if that's not possible in a relationship, it is fine for me to walk away from people and spaces that don't give me that. The next lesson, so this is lesson number seven. If you find yourself surrounded by negative people, ooh, this one I learned from Oprah. Hmm. If you find yourself surrounded by negative people or maybe you're still engaging with someone who makes you feel terrible about yourself, do not focus on them. So she said, ask yourself why there's a part of you that's willing to tolerate these people and their energy. Why do you think it's okay to intentionally put yourself in spaces that make you feel bad? And so I learned this from Oprah. I listened to like a lot of her motivational speeches, like when I'm cooking or whatever. But also it was tied to something that my therapist said, because in the process of like healing different relationships in my life, one that I was trying to heal kept undoing a lot of self-work that I'd done. And literally my therapist asked me, why do you keep doing this? This is the third time you're trying to fix this relationship and it's costing you the progress you've made in your self-work. And she asked me, why do you keep regressing? Like, when will you get tired of that? And and so it was really linked to... Our, so my therapist told me that first. And then I was listening to a motivational speech. Oprah said it. And I was like, ah. Oh. So she was specifically talking about negative people. But the context was different with my therapist. But it's, it's kind of the same, you know. So why do you think it's okay to intentionally put yourself in these spaces and make you feel bad? And maybe it's linked to how you view yourself. Maybe you don't think you deserve better. Maybe you're scared of being alone. You know, ask yourself these questions because it's easier to fix you. It's harder and maybe unfair to try and fix others. Lesson number eight. 
You cannot shame yourself into change. Another lesson I learned this year, and I learned it when I experienced a lot of people trying to shame me into change, and it just felt so terrible, so isolating. It actually inspired me to read up on shame. And this is one of the lessons I learned. <laughs> it basically said, you cannot shame yourself into change. You can only love yourself into evolution. And I carry that with me in all spheres of my life, be it personal development or my business work or my relationships, etc. I, If I make a mistake, I talk to myself with love and with grace. And you know what I tell myself? That I deserve better. I don't shit on myself. I don't shame myself. I just say, man, I love you so much that we can't keep doing this. You know, we deserve a big life, a beautiful, healthy, big life. And then I start changing or mending or healing and fixing from an area of love, not shame. And it it comes with a bit of like embracing your humanity or your humanness, <laughs> as I call it. And just always knowing that you need to treat yourself with grace when you stumble. It allows you to acknowledge that, yes, okay, I've made a mistake, but I am more than my mistake and I deserve a better version of myself, a better version of myself that doesn't uphold these negative habits. And then you start to really heal intentionally. Okay, lesson number nine, I learned when somebody shared a Netflix, I think I talked about it a couple of episodes ago, a Netflix or, or like a documentary on Netflix around finances. I don't know why the name has escaped me, but basically it's four people who have different financial habits and they get four financial coaches who work with them across a year. And it's it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And one of the things I learned from that documentary was that your money will never go where your mind doesn't allow it to go. And so how I connected with that lesson is I saw my mom being able to leave my dad and take care of my sisters and I because she had her own money. The good thing about this, it was a motivation for me to always have my own income, right? The bad thing is it scared me from losing my money. So I would approach investments with a side eye. <laughs> and so that meant because of that fear, I wasn't investing much or fast enough or in some moments in my life, not at all. And so when I did invest, it would take eons to convince myself. And I'm now very aware that my money will never go where my mind doesn't allow it. So I've stopped letting fear win. Any information that I don't have to ensure that I make an informed investment, I seek that information. I don't allow fear to say, well, you know what that means? Fuck that investment. Let's leave our money in the bank because that's not the best financial decision you can make for yourself. Leaving your money seated in a bank account, unless it's a very specific type of bank account, because the value depreciates, you know? I just, I'm loving the financial conversations I'm having now, the different options of investments that I'm actively engaging in and even just like venturing into other businesses it's exciting but it was first birthed in my mind because my mind has got to open the gateway for my money lesson number 10 and this one i also learned this year wait <laughs> this one and boundaries 
top two lessons. They should have been at the top of this list, man. But obviously, this list is in no order of importance or whatever. So, so yeah, lesson number 10 is you've got to acknowledge and grieve everything and everyone you've lost. I spoke about this in the last episode and I learned this in therapy this year. I was guilty of associating loss with only with death and with grief, but there are so many other experiences in life that create the same feeling of grief and they will sit in your body physically, mentally, the same way grief does and you will be moving around without acknowledging them and without healing. For you to heal from a feeling, you've got to acknowledge it, feel it and then heal from it. And for years, I didn't know certain losses or certain grief was resting with me. I hadn't acknowledged them, yet I was reacting to these feelings. And acknowledging the losses has really unlocked a... F- it's, it's made... It's, what is the word? It's freed me. It's really freed me from so much. It's even allowed me to feel emotions that I would dismiss as being trivial or I'm just being a baby or whatever. Now I acknowledge every loss. And the loss can be a loss like I wanted to hang out with someone and we were not able to do it and I feel sad about it. I'll vocalize it. You know, before I used to be like, oh, no bad, it's cool, you know, whatever. And that seems like a small situation, which it is, But I've coached myself so well this year in acknowledging loss or sadness or grief-like feelings and feelings of grief that I've really freed myself. I've freed myself from so much. You know, when you listen to the loss episode, you will hear it could be loss of relationships, intimate or friendships, loss of a job, loss of dreams, loss of years of your life that you thought would be more colorful, but you spent them navigating trauma. There there are many things, there are many losses. And I would advise you from my learned experience, acknowledge them. Oh, lesson number 11. I like this one. I like it because it's literally where I'm at. The lesson is who you had to become to survive isn't who you are. So as I've been healing, I have been finding my true self and it's been tacked behind different habits and different values that I developed to survive. I developed some of these habits from childhood and it's taken me decades. I'm 33. It's taken me decades to to understand this and to acknowledge this and to even discover this. And once I discovered them, I was like, oh my goodness. It's almost like I have to figure out who am I <laughs> behind the survivor? Who Who is this chick? And then I have to align everything within and without with my actual self. This includes what I think about myself. It includes my external relationships because some of my relationships are based on the personality I had in survival mode. And now when I find my actual self and introduce that self to those relationships, the ones that give, allow space for that to happen, some of those relationships might not survive that. And some of them might get stronger. And so not every bond or connection will survive. And and that can be painful because it's not that they're not surviving because something bad happened or there was an argument. They were just based on a version of you that wasn't really you. And as painful as that is, it's okay. Just let it go. And I've also had to forgive myself for decisions that I made while in survival mode 
that like now when I get to know my actual self, I'm like, eh, <laughs> this person who I actually am would never have done that. And I kind of have to extend grace to myself, forgive myself for that. That's why I've been ending every episode with grace because I've realized this journey is just one of grace. You've got to extend grace to yourself because you'll find yourself having to start afresh every day, every hour, every minute. And you just have to be gracious with yourself through that process because you're trying to honor your actual self. And another thing around this, these two identities, your survival identity and who you actually are, I've learned I've got to stay away from anyone or anything that revives my survival identity. For me, it's even meant physical spaces. There's some that I just stay away from. But you're doing everything in honor of your actual self who has been denied life for so long. And, and you just have to honor. You have to honor who you actually are. Lesson number 12. This is another one that I learned from one of those Oprah speeches. Because I always say this, I want to live a big life. It's what I'm going to do. It's what I'm doing in the moment. Everything, I'm doing it bigly. <laughs> but to live a brave and a big life, you're going to have to disappoint some people because you're going to have to learn how to say no. And what I heard Oprah say, this was actually not a speech. I think it was an interview, if I'm not wrong. She said, the people who are truly rooting for your rise will not get disappointed when you say no or when you erect your boundaries. Anyone who gets inconvenienced by your boundaries shouldn't be around you to begin with. And I thought that was so powerful. Anyone who gets inconvenienced or offended by you saying no, mm -mm, it's a red flag. Somebody who doesn't need to be in your space or your life. Or maybe if they, 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 you can't help but have them in your life, they shouldn't be as close. Because I've learned this this year. My circle has drastically shrunk. <laughs> friend circle as well but like one of my closest friends when I and I've told her no she's like no problem actually both of my closest friends I've told no this year and they're like cool no probs it wasn't it wasn't anything and so it, it's really true what she said Oprah that the people who are truly rooting for your rise will not get disappointed when you say no so my list of lessons should end there but I do have a bonus one that I've been thinking about, but I was like, should I share it? You know what? I'm always mushy, so I'm gonna share it. <laughs> it's one about love. It's one about love. And honestly, the more I think about this lesson, it's not restricted to intimate relationships. I think even friendships, you know, because there's love there, isn't it? You love your friends. And I just think when you're in these intimate, loving relationships, you should let your love guide you into learning your partner or your friends or the other person's language how do they communicate care or that they need care how do they communicate love how do they communicate their needs how do they communicate sadness as a lover of words i found that in the past i wanted people to communicate love the way i communicate love and i would get hella stressed <laughs> Hella stressed when they do not, because I'm I'm a words person. Whether it's an intimate relationship or friendship, I will write you letters. I will write you cards. Just that's written, written communication. Eee, I love that shit, you know. And I get frustrated when the other person doesn't communicate love the way I communicate it. But that's not how life works. <laughs> 
You know, we spend a lot of time figuring out our language. At least I have. A lot of healing work to really understand myself and how I communicate certain emotions. You know, and this is this is a very important step, by the way, because you need to be able to help somebody understand you. And how can you do that if you do not understand yourself to begin with? But the reverse process is also very important for you to first be in relationships with people who are doing or are open to doing that work of understanding themselves enough to be able to communicate to you what their language is you know, and how they communicate. And I've learned sometimes it's not, it's not words. For me, it's words. For the other person, it's not. And so I approach it the same way I would learning a new language, you know, with grace, with patience, with time, you get to master the language. You don't get to speak fluent French in lesson number one. And it's such a basic thing. Like it's, it's, it's not, what I've just told you is not a cure for, like it's such a basic thing, but we always forget it. And our default is to want someone to communicate love, etc., to us the way we communicate it. And we discount that they're very different. You're not one. They have a different personality. They've gone through different experiences in life that have molded or influenced how they communicate things you're learning each other's language and it's not tedious you know it's all about mindset it's not a tedious process it's so beautiful it's it's so beautiful even in in the moments where there's errors it's so beautiful being able to on both sides open up to each other on that level and get to understand the the language and as I, I began this lesson by saying, it's not only intimate, well, like life partner relationships, like even friendships, you know, and yeah, man. So when I think about all of these lessons, you know, in March, I was like, this is the worst year. I hate it. Can we just jump to the end of the year? <laughs> but when I look at all these lessons, I'm like, wow, 2022, you were really beautiful. You really were really beautiful if, if you gave me all of these gifts in terms of lessons because they've expanded me. When you gather these lessons, when you expand, isn't that the, the essence of life? To grow, to expand, and then to unlock this big life. And so I truly hope these lessons connect with you. I learned them through immense pain and transition this year. <laughs> But as I always say, everything that happens to you, be it beautiful or terrifying, is there to build you, is there in service to you. And build me, 2022 has done. So as we jump into 2023, I will share the calendar of our Legally Clueless Africa workshops and our wellness events. I'm very excited because I'm roping in one of my therapists. So we're going to have a lot of like group sessions which is great it's it's my way of trying to make therapy accessible to you and so I'm very happy about that and some of the events are things that I've loved doing so my aerial hoop instructor is gonna have some legally clueless Africa classes group classes and I love aerial hoop I think every woman should do it you just leave there feeling so much sexier and so ooh, about your body even though you're tired as fuck because it's a workout but I always live there feeling like a badass like so sexy I want you to feel that feeling as well so yeah the calendar is gonna 
be out and we're going to send it to all our registered members so make sure you register just go to legallycluelessafrica.com and do that but yeah i'm really excited for this platform next year i think it's going to be beautiful i'm excited for us for myself i'm excited for you i hope you cross over into 2023 drenched in grace as i said which is so important drenched in happiness and real love and most importantly <laughs> in earth shattering orgasms <laughs> because why not because why not I love you so much. Thank you for being part of this beautiful family. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.